we are not millennials, we are matured. Brought up on collaboration as an art form, delivered as value. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hello, Steve. Welcome to the Meringue Karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 97. 90 freaking 7. Oh, I do look forward to every single one of these. Uh, yes, me too. Yes. Although one today was one of those typical moments where I stepped inside your office and I was like, okay, so what are we going to talk about today? Oh, I was on top of that but, one. Yeah. I was on top of that one. But that's fine. So why was it different when you walk in my office and go, what are we going to talk about today? Because to be honest, for the whole day or the last two weeks, I haven't, talked, haven't thought about what we would be talking about. So I just left my place and I was just driving here, listening to the radio, singing along. And then I drove up here, parked the car, walked in here, pet the dog, said, hi, Steve. And then my thought was, oh, fuck. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> well, that's because you had your daughter with you, so you're on holiday. Yeah, true, yeah, yeah. And she's busy watching Dracula movies in the in the theatre at the moment. Exactly. So if you hear a scream at the in the background, that's that's, that's just because Johnny her. Depp just died. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we got a few things more, to uh, because he yes. was already dead. Because oh well, anyway. No, yes. I guess true. Yes, it's all vampires. Yes. I get it. I get it. I get it. All right, so we've got a great subject today. We're going to talk about workshops, but we'll come to that in a few minutes. Uh, how's your presentations going? I guess you're busy writing them, ready for. Uh, yes, yes. So your first ones, I guess, ESPN. Uh, the, no, the, the no, ESPN. No, no, Fox, no first Fo one Fox is Fox Network. No, it's BBC. S E E. S yeah, go on. Sorry. No, first I'm uh, Collab Days Netherlands. Yeah. Then uh, we are together at South Coast Summit. South Coast Summit. Um, and I'll drive back for Collab Days Belgium. Yeah. Um, and then we've got ESPC. Oh no, no, we're forgetting the most important part. ESPC and no, then no, no, you're still forgetting the most important part. Okay. Go what on. am I going to be doing from South Coast Summit? I'm you. going to be speaking on yes. MS Ignite. Exactly. I'm shortlisted, just waiting for approval. I, that is so freaking cool. Yes. Giving me goosebumps. Yes. So I'm looking forward to that. That was an incredible invitation. So if anybody involved with it, thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to doing that. So I'm sure it's hard work. I know what Tony went through when he spoke at Ignite. You know, all yeah. the practice sessions they make you go through and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so South Coast Summit will be watching Ignite, and I guess I will be presenting from there. Uh, and then we will do our workshop, as you say. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you're busy writing for... Or you for can maybe drive to London, because they'll probably have a... Uh, they're they're going to have one of the satellite offices, branches, or where they're going to broadcast from is in the UK, so... Yeah, we'll do it. They mentioned uh, virtual, though, so we'll see where yeah. we go. I yeah, don't well, care. No. I, I get know. to speak at Microsoft Ignite. I'll be so disappointed now if they say, sorry, we had so many, we put 70 forward, and you're in number 69, and we stopped at 68. Yeah. I can live with being 69, no problem, Mom. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see, but that's the exciting, exciting times. Yeah. And we've got uh, European SharePoint Conference uh, wants yes. us to tell everybody that yes, yes, it yes. is time again to vote. You can still, uh, first of all, you can still make temper, uh, get 10% out of the price. Yes. If you use Office 365 distilled uh, code at checkout. Cool, but cool. also... Uh, the people at ESPC are going to do uh, community awards. So they have uh, five uh, different uh, categories, and you can send in your um, best projects that you're doing in uh, Modern Workplace, in Microsoft 365, in Azure Security, or Best Open Source Podcast. Solution. <coughs> 
Oh, best pod- podcast. Oh, podcast. <coughs> mm. no, I don't know whether there's a section for that. But Maybe there you go. we're, I don't know if we're a solution, but we're definitely part of the problem. We are definitely yes. part of the problem. That is true. <laughs> so if you go to sharepointeurope.com slash ESPC22 dash awards, you will see uh, that. And you can also um, uh, not subscribe, but enter the. Uh, you can nominate somebody. Is uh, yeah, that the word yeah. you're so, looking for? Uh, submissions, they close at uh, 14th of September. All right. So basically, yeah. you're saying that people can nominate people for their awards well, uh, at the European conference. Yeah, but I think it's more of a solution-oriented yeah, the uh, award is based stuff. around solutions, so whatever. But go read it, find out. We said we'd give it a shout-out. Always fun. Somebody gets free tickets for the event if they get nominated and they get through the first stages. Yeah. And uh, I'll have to have a look around to see whether I've got anything that's worth nominating. I actually came across this week a solution that I might want to nominate. So I don't know if you know... Uh, uh, no, need to keep it quiet. Oh. If you're going to nominate it, it needs not be advertised, neutral and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so tell them oh. after you've done it so people can go and find it and vote for it. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, that's a better idea. Okay. I want to talk whiskey. Uh, sure. First of all, I want to talk two whiskeys. All right. Okay. The one we're going to drink tonight and mm-hmm. the one we're going to do next time because we have... Braben Whiskey, who are sponsoring the next podcast again. Yeah. And we have that beautiful whiskey that's named after, from their Witcher's Range. Yeah, it's, so, it's a beautiful whiskey. It it's, is. Uh, both the bottle and the whiskey itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's Braben Whiskey. Give them a big shout out and a thanks for, uh, for the sponsorship they do. But that'll be next episode. Today, we're going back to my roots. For, for this distillery is one of the first distilleries that, that I tasted where I truly started to go, you know, this is more than just a sharp taste in my mouth that my dad used to drink or that, you know, my uncle would come and buy a bottle of. And this is Bushmills Distillery. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know I loved Irish whiskey. Well, I still love Irish whiskey. So uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, Black Bush. Yeah. Do you have Black Bush? No, but I love black bush. You love black bush, yes. yeah. So there we go. So yeah, so we're going to go to a, a little bit of Irish tonight. Yeah. So whiskey, good. Yeah, sort of. All right. It's what else hot. do we need to talk about? I don't know, really. We could talk about workshops. Sure. We could talk about workshops. So Moraine came in and said, hey, what are we going to talk about? I said, didn't I not send this to you about four or five days ago? And I said, I thought it'd be a good idea <laughs> yeah. if we identify the workshops you need to do or might do when you are setting up Microsoft 365 for an organization. Yeah. Because it's not a one-man band anymore. No. You are the coordinator or the role. You might run workshops. It takes a... How how do you say that? It takes a, a town? It takes a team? It takes a... Uh, no, no, never mind. I'm just going to let you try and okay. lose yourself yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. It okay. takes something to do something. Yeah, but there's like an American saying, like, it takes a town or something. Yeah. takes two to tango? That, that it does. Because if you do it alone, it just looks very silly. It does, yes. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we'll move on rapidly from there. Mm-hmm. And if you have just heard that, that's because I couldn't be bothered to cut it out. But it's tempting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Workshops. You're, been in, you're in a, such a mood today. I have been I on my it. stag weekend with the I boys, my brother and all my family and nephews and nieces and their mates. So I spent the weekend in Hamburg. It was, it was a whole weekend of taking the mickey out of each other. So ah. I am on the edge mm. and ready for another good night's sleep. So, but mm-hmm. us oldies showed them how to survive. We were the ones up till 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And one the, Anyway, it ah. was right. Nice. So we've got a list of workshops, okay? Yep. They are adoption, inspire, identity, secure, governance, collaboration, email, document management, search, architecture, portals, communications. There we go. Now let's talk about Bushmills. Yes, <laughs> let's go back to whiskey. Yeah. So we, we brainstormed no. a number of workshops, yeah. all right, some mm-hmm. of which you want to do and some you don't. Um, and the idea is that basically what we, we're trying to do is to collect all the information we need to create the tenants, the Microsoft 365 service that the business needs or will get them the greatest yeah. value. Yeah. So at this point, we haven't bought any licenses. We haven't set anything up we haven't told the employees anything it's just 
the management has decided that we want to go M365. Okay, we can go from there. And then they maybe chose a partner. We're that partner. We're coming in. And these are the first things that we want to do. I can go with that. Yeah. I think inevitably what happens is Microsoft have already sold them the licenses by now because they've because inevitably what's happened is they've already they've suddenly realized and said, Why are we paying by user by month? We usually just pay one bill every year. And they went, No, no, no. Microsoft says, Well, for the last three years you've been in the cloud and they go, Sorry. And yeah, they realize they're paying for it and not using it. But yeah. uh, but you're right, there's there's not a lot done. Um so we have a list of uh, workshops and we'll make sure we really put this list into this into the podcast notes and we're going to try and break them down a little bit mm-hmm. um we've had fun with these so far already so we're not quite sure how many we're going to get through so this might be podcast number 97 and 98 97-a uh, yeah 97-b yeah. just to extend our 100th <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah all right so which one do you want to choose first i know which one you're going to choose first because you've been talking about it all night <laughs> go on shoot uh, well the the first one in in my brain is going to be an in inspire session uh, a session that will uh is purely demo uh it's purely 99 percent uh this is what Microsoft 365 can bring you. These are the capabilities. These are new ways of working. These are things that might be interesting to you. Not really have to be like relevant for processes, but just this is how Teams works. This is how easy you can play around with your tasks. This is how you can communicate. Stuff like that. Just as an inspiration for everyone in the room. <sighs> exactly. Sorry, I've heard all this before. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I left him because I went to get a, a glass of water as I was uh, as he was working through that. But he's absolutely right. I mean, you need to conv- this is the first stage where you get to convince people that this is a good idea. Yeah. All right. This is before they realize what they're letting themselves in for. Yes. All the good yes. stuff. Yes. You know, do you know you'll be able to share a link straight from Outlook? Really? Yeah, yeah, honestly, it'll, you won't have to keep sending your documents out. You'll be able to store emails and put, you'll never ever fill your inbox. Yeah, all of those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. It's like watching a car commercial and going like, ooh, that's going to be nice. Exactly, <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. I <laughs> kept doing that when I was in Germany because Germans like their cars. Uh-huh. Sitting on the side of the road, watching all these cars go past, go, oh, nobody, no interest around me at all. No. You know? So, uh, yeah, that was cool. All righty. So, yes, so the Inspire Envisage workshop is is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. Um, Very much uh, the audience for this. We didn't put audience on our list of things that we would want to talk about, but that's really important. Um, So, the audience audience for this. For me, could be a lot of people. Uh, It can be uh, team leaders, depending on size of the company, of course. Could be some middle managers, some, some high managers. Uh, we want some communication people there. We want some IT people there. We want like a big mix of people because this is all about inspiration, about giving people vision. Vision. <laughs> you're envisioning them. Yes. Or you're inspiring uh, them. You're giving yeah. them pyre. You're uh, inspiring them. Yes. But I think your list is, is a bit overboard because I was just thinking to myself, if we do this inspiration session, how long before you actually turn something on? So you're yeah. inspiring them about what's going to come around in six months' time. Yeah. And then they need to wait six or nine yeah. months before I mean, I, they actually I'm not, see something. I'm only just thinking about it as yeah. I was thinking about that, that session. That's a good point, actually. But, so maybe, maybe these inspire sessions are really part of the kickoff where you don't do them for one group you do them at every management team meeting for example maybe where you you sort of say hey this is what we're going to go and do we're gonna we're going to change the way content is stored we're going to change the way um, that your information is found we're going to give the ability to search all of that content and yes we might well be six to nine months away before we get to the first one because we have all of this work to do and you can help us because 
there are so many different ways of doing this. If we understand what your requirements and needs are or your list of what needs to change, then um, we can make sure that we build something that will deliver value. So maybe those sort of workshops, uh, this Inspire session is actually around those management levels, not the bottom level, because IT have got such a reputation for not delivering projects. If you go and tell them about a really exciting project in nine months' time, they'll go, here we go again. It's a good question. I think it's very valid. So, because uh, we also had some notes on here that this would be where you put your timeline and roadmap in. And I was yep. thinking a lot of those people you talked about won't really care about roadmap or timeline because they're, you know, frontline workers, deliverers, doers. So I think choosing the audience is a key one. We'll think about yeah. that for the rest of them. What I was also just thinking about was maybe you're going to show some awesome technical capability that they don't want to implement. And then you yeah. got that cool idea stuck into their head, like share channels. Oh, you would be able to share channels with other people from other companies, and that would be so cool. Yeah, if you connect them on an uh, Active Directory. <laughs> yeah, that is another point, yeah. actually. You are going to make some people very nervous. That as well. So maybe this inspire envision one isn't the first one to do maybe this is so end user focused which is the way you've described this mm -hmm. that we need to do the more mundane setup -y ones so that we don't tell them they're going to get something that is against the way the organization's security policy works so you talk about shared channels and sharing, but in fact, the company doesn't allow any sharing of content because yeah. something, something, something. Mm -hmm. Might be, yeah. Anyway, one worth doing, but, but there is a scope for a workshop where you go and you set the vision in people's minds, but consider timing. Funny enough, we did have timing yeah. and, and who on our little checklist here. Mm -hmm. uh, and the content, don't promise something you can't deliver. Yeah. Um, and then take it from there. And then we, we have dependencies as our next little note on here. But I think, yeah, it's interesting. Maybe we'll come back to this order thing a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I, I thought that the adoption and change was the first one, and now I'm reconsidering. All right, I'm going to go with a different one. I'll tell you what I'm going to go with. All I'm right. going to go with architecture. Yeah. I'm going to go with one that we've got a long way down our list because it's never the first one to think about. And I'm also just going to make a note against this to say we've done that yeah. one. And I'm going to make an architecture. Because I think architecture basically sets the bones, uh, certainly in the first meeting, because the architecture meetings, there will be lots of them. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Lots of technical decisions. It's mm -hmm. Yes. And then it's those technical decisions that build the framework that you're going to build the functionality on. True, yeah. So maybe uh, maybe getting that architecture right is key. And a lot of this is going to be driven by Microsoft. because So you'll have Microsoft involved in there early on, unless it's for six people. And then, of course, it's not uh, anything about architecture. It's click, click, bang, turn on kind of thing for six or eight people. Yeah. If you're going to put it into an organization with a 1,000 people, you've instantly got fast-track support Yeah. because you've got your more than 500 licenses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that the architecture one uh, is probably a good one to have so that Microsoft come in and make sure that your network is up to running MS Teams and you're doing all the testing, you're doing network design, you're clarifying the design of your network. And this is where a lot of that time is lost when we talked about six to nine months. Yeah. So mm -hmm. maybe you get yeah. the architecture done, then by the time you come back to Inspire, you're already three or four months in um, and you can start talking about functionality because you've now got the network the being rebuilt and yeah. you've got all those kind of stuff. Yeah. And as I said, I think that's, I, I know we had, a, uh, I asked you a question when we had this list, who decides what the name of the tenant is going to be? I think that's a brilliant question. Uh, and, and I think it'll end up being the architecture team. It always has been for me. They mm -hmm. may well make yeah. a suggestion up to the IT director and say, hey, we're going to call it this so it will look like this for the URL. And so I think that there's some... Uh, so I think that's where the name probably ends up coming from to start off with. Um, 
Uh, and while I'm on names, you know, mm -hmm. the name doesn't need to mean anything. Hey, it's some big mistakes I've seen about names. I can see you're about to jump into it on yeah. the main naming something, but we'll come right. back to that in a second. So one of the things you should not do is think about those internal names that you use. Mm -hmm. So if you've got the name of an intranet, don't instantly go, let's call our tenant the name of the intranet. Oh, right? no, uh, no, no, uh, no, no, Or, or don't no, do this no, no. or don't do that. Because exactly. remember, this is going to be external facing. So people are going to go to, although nowadays, of course, a lot of links are hidden behind GUIDs and stuff. But at some point or another, you're going to get, you know, name.sharepoint.com mm -hmm. or you're going to get name.onmicrosoft.com. Yeah. Now, let's assume that you are the Bank of England mm -hmm. or the Bank of Belgium. You know, if you say, well, we can call it the Bank of Belgium. Look, it's available. You know, your public URL, which won't necessarily be so obvious, but I can guarantee a hacker will attempt to get bankofbelgium.onmicrosoft.com. Probably. Because that's the, you know, going to be your fully qualified domain name without any redirect. So your name is important. It is public. And you're never going to use it in your marketing. Because you're going to go and buy domain www.bankofbelgium.com or whatever. Uh, dot be i guess mm -hmm. uh, then you're going to actually make that your domain so everybody's email address will be da, 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 but your yep. name will still be in your domain name yeah um, and your bank of be will not get you to your admin pages for example but mm -hmm. admin dash and i might be incorrect here but just as an example admin dash bank of england on microsoft.com blah 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 so that's why i think it should just be a b 73 c Dot on microsoft.com now you want to say something oh <laughs> no because make it meaningful because because why not because nobody's going to use it yeah, everybody's going to use it all the time why because it's there in the url when all the time when when you're using it as a user yeah when do they ever see Oh, you mean, oh, no, no, you mean the original name, not the vanity URL that you... Correct. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe. If you have a meaningful name, so sure. my company's called Ponsers73. So I'm now Ponsers73.onmicrosoft.com. And then a year later, you rebrand yourself to a new name. Do you want to go through the game of renaming it? And I know it's possible. I yeah. know that it's now achievable, but you're, there's so much stuff that, that has to go with it that could potentially be an issue. So don't. I know you don't. It doesn't okay. feel right, does it? It doesn't feel right, but then again, yeah, why not? Yeah. If an architect would write that down in a design document, he would have me convinced. I think. Well, I think the point is that um, uh, you're trying to you're trying to make sure you mask yourself in the public field, mm -hmm. so that you're you're not being obvious, like you know Phillips dot. However, I will say this against my own argument: if if you're a big name company, if you are Williams F one. All right, and you call yourself because Steve Dolby, consultant and architect, came in and told us just to go, you know, with 1973 FW. whatever, then you are opening yourself for somebody else to take Williams F1. on Microsoft.com. So maybe there's a counter argument, but have a think about it, people. Okay. That okay. name is important. It's not going to change uh, very easily, it can be changed. Um, but I think it'll need a couple of years before that process beds in properly. Um, and, uh, yeah, you've got to live with it. So name's important. So architecture. Okay. Yes. So network design, um, firewalls, proxy servers, all of the stuff that needs to be designed and done, uh, I think is potentially one of the first ones to do. Yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. I think you could lose a lot of time here. So that's that's architecture. It's, it's your base layer where everything else gets built on. Yep. So uh, yeah, it is. That needs to be at least up to par or you need to know the, the, the state in which it is. Yep. Who needs to be involved in that workshop, for example? So your network managers, your security guys, potentially, if they are yep. hands-on mm -hmm. kind of security people. Yeah. Um, 
architects of various sorts. So yeah. if you're going to do dev on your platform, then bring in your some one or two solutions architects. Sure. Um, the owner of the system. So if the owner is, I don't know, collaboration manager or if it's, Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, one of those kind of roles that would be interesting. Obviously, we think this is a very early workshop to have done. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, thinking about that and dependencies. So architecture, good little workshop, and most of that is factual. So these are technical questions you're going to ask yeah. here. Mm-hmm. You know, like the name, like doing a network test. Uh, like defining the services you're going to run on it to start off with. Yep. So what am I going to launch? If you launch SharePoint, you don't necessarily need to do a network assessment for voice. If uh, you, true, yes. If you're going to do Teams, then you can do that network assessment for voice. If you're going to do everything else, then it's about routing people across and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that architecture decision will define yeah. a lot of the other stuff you're yeah. going to do. Good. And of course, um, maybe you also want to talk about hybrid work at that point very good point yes at this point vpn on the one hand but also how will people work from home how will they connect yes and more importantly are you going to migrate all of your emails immediately across or are you going to run in hybrid mode for a while yeah are you going to run your sharepoint in hybrid mode i saw that you dropped migration on there which is an interesting one i'm gonna guess that as we're 25 minutes in we're not going to get to migration workshops shoot i know it's the one you like but um uh but the architecture decisions are right hybrid hybrid sharepoint hybrid hybrid um oh and another decision you ready for this one? Oh boy. Multi-tenancy. Oh. Okay. So okay. are you going to actually have a tenant in just one tenant or are you going to break gonna... it up in multiples? All right. So uh-huh. there's some key decisions there around architecture that we need to think about. Yeah. Good. All right. So nice. the next one then. Uh I think the next one I know that I said it was your turn, but I think that's potentially the next one. I was going to go with identity exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that is the the next step after you've done your base layer of architecture then you need to look i think at uh the whole identity uh yeah so here's the question then Mm -hmm. why would you not just go with azure um why do you need a workshop legacy maybe there are tons of applications that have something else that needs something else but presumably Um, those already need something else so when we're talking about when we're talking about azure here we're talking about keeping your on-premise ad in place which presumably is mm -hmm. fighting something else already plus you're going to federate azure ad into it in some way so that's could also be the other way around directory but is that identity design no not really it could it could be well it's that plus so much more uh, for me, it's also like, how do we, um, what what do we want to keep uh, for everyone? Um, our, our AD uh, kind of properties. Yeah, how do we uh, want to work with groups uh, for that? I'm not um, sure that's identity at this point, but um, I think from an identity design, is it how do I authenticate my accounts? Yeah, like right, multi-factor so, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and is whether I use a third-party tool to do MFA, for example. Yeah. Do I use, and, and I might use third-party tools, for example, if I've got a lot of applications running in Amazon. Yeah? So if I'm running in Amazon for my a lot of my internal applications and people still need to mm. log into their email then I need a system that can authenticate that person yeah. both for AAD and everything else. Now, <coughs> Microsoft have got a new application for that called Entra. Uh, yes. So um, there exactly. are some in-depth kind of decisions around here mm-hmm. because the obvious one is, well, why would you just not do AAD? It makes no sense to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking only Microsoft 365, that's true. Yeah. But at this point, we're talking about how it fits in the organization, the organizational structure for the... Uh, you know, for all kinds of things. What is your current identity management tool? Great question. That has to be considered. Um, so, yes, identity design, I think, yep. is is a key one at that point. Mm-hmm. And then probably the next one? Where do you next one will next? probably be uh, adoption, I think. Really? I think I'm so. I'm going to slightly disagree with you. So I'll ask the question. We've got security on there and we've got adoption on there. Yeah. 
I think we're still in the technical space. You yeah, see? let's let's go with security then. We've got a big one called adoption and change, and we had a huge argument to start off with when I went, yeah, that's the first one. But now I'm beginning to think that, that adoption is when we transition from strong technical design into more features and functionality. Yeah. So while we've still got security on there, I think that that would be... While we're, while we're deciding everything on a technical level, let's keep all the technical workshops together. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's also the same group of people that are mm -hmm. involved. Yes. So it's all fresh in their heads. Yep. They're so moving they, from one day to another. Yeah, exactly. They already know what we decided on the, uh, the thing around uh, proxy servers. So now if we go to security and we need to make a decision that impacts that, we can... Yeah, we have the right people, the right time, fresh the, in their heads. The other thing that people should not underestimate here is how long these workshops will take. Yeah. So we've got, how many have we agreed so far? I sat down, so I'm now rolling the chair. Uh, One, two, three, four, and we're now doing, so we've done four of them. Yeah. I would suggest you've probably got 30 hours per user of time here to be able to make these kinds of decisions. And the more people you have in the workshops, the longer the decision will take. Yeah, that's that's a given. Yeah, so you know, when you yeah. talk about uh, identity management, for example, identity design, the AD team will say, we own this. Security will say, no, we own this. So you need them in the same room. You mm -hmm. need a, a good you know, table tennis table to say, look, best of 21, those that wins the game can go and make the decision. <laughs> Or something along those lines. Yeah, something And Microsoft like will also get involved here. Mm -hmm. So what I often do uh, when I have that, because you tend to know beforehand, when you have those kinds of internal... Struggles. Struggles is a great word. Yes. Yep. Internal struggles. Then I always bring a third party in to make the ultimate decision. So Microsoft mm -hmm. is always Sponsor. a good one. You've, oh, yeah. You've got, well, you've, yeah. you've got a... You've got fast track, if, as we talked about that already. Mm -hmm. So they will be willing to spend some hours on design time. So they can bring them in the workshop, get both parties to make their case, uh, and then get them to do the design document or the yep. design. They will never do the design document for you, let's be straight. But they will help you get there, and they will advise both mm -hmm. parts. Yep. And, and uh, generally, they're a, good, they're a good referee. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah. So I would definitely do that. So security is uh, an interesting one. Mm -hmm. So for me, security, we think, of course, about, you know, can I have read access to that document or uh, we're still yeah. a long way from that yet. Yeah. This, this level of security is going to be about what current security policies are in place that you need to adhere to. Yep. So do we have external access as a tool or is Microsoft 365 designed to actually deliver external access now mm -hmm. but as as the tool for connecting in it's like, that is likely to be unlikely of course because in today's day and world with uh, after the covid and lockdowns and stuff they need to have an external yep. access solution anyway <clears throat> but it could well be replacing a vpn solution for example and yep. make it easier for the end user so uh, from a security perspective that is uh, very very interesting yeah but uh, you can also look forward. at a bunch of other things like the information barriers, for example, yes. and what kind, what parts of the organization cannot talk to other parts. Uh, setting up um, or thinking about audit, for example, is one of the things there. Yeah, um, so you're right. I think in this security workshop, we're bringing, talking about bringing compliance in. We're talking yep. about sort of bringing audit into an extent. It might be a bit touch mm. early for audit, but it's, it's in and out. Um, uh, anybody that's really interested in it, of course. Yeah. Because um, it's going to be a nerdy workshop, this one. <laughs> yes. It's going to have lots and lots of security nerds and uh, and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. uh, which will be interesting that they know their stuff so that uh, it should go quite quite smoothly. The other thing is that if you get a good partner, they'll have done this several times before. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's not that you're breaking ice on this and you're the first people to, to ever do this. Um, so, so yes, security, I think, is key at this point because whatever you do with Microsoft 365, 110% it has to align with whatever current security and governance and audit policies are in place around who can access what and where and which part of the networks can access it from 
and all that kind of stuff. Because remember, everybody is going to have to go outside the organization to get to your cloud service. And if yes. this is the first cloud service, security will be pooing their pants. <laughs> right? So their instinct will be to yes. say, nope, nope, too risky, you can't do that. Can't be done. And they're going to need to be convinced that, you know, opening those 132 domain names that Microsoft recommends you need to have open yeah, but that's Facebook. We don't let anybody go to Facebook. Yeah, we need to have this conversation, and you mm. need to make sure that not enabling Facebook doesn't, for example, cause you some sort of issues around X Connectors and y or, whatever. or whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm. Connectors, that's another one, isn't it? We haven't talked about that, but I think that's too early. I think so as well. It's too early, yeah, yeah. We're really into features and functionality. I was thinking about the technical sides of, connectors and opening the right ports up and uh, but it's too early I have yeah no, that's uh, something yeah. that can always be done later yeah 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 good call yeah. All, all right. right is that actually most of the technical ones out of the way um i think so right good 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 so just to recap here where we're at uh, we have our architecture done, so our network and firewall and all those kinds of stuff, they're all either being designed or they're being set up and, and uh, identified to make sure the right changes have been made. Security have been involved to make sure that it's the content is secure. They've probably had one or two meetings with Microsoft and they're now going, wow, they're going to do this for us and they're going to monitor our email and they're going to do this and that and the other. <laughs> so they're starting to get impressed and starting yep. to think, this might be easier than we thought. Identity design, so everybody's had their input into how we're going to authenticate and make sure that only the right people get to the right information or get access to our data. Because remember, these people think they're going into somebody else's database that they're going to lose control of. Mm -hmm. Their first instinct with this, certainly 10 years ago, probably less nowadays, is that how am I going to secure, how am I going to set up you know, my firewalls to my service that is sitting in Dublin, Amsterdam, or you know, various places in uh, Asia or, or America, depending on what you're doing. So there will be some explanations to do then there. And I think we've possibly done them with all the technical stuff. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure it's ready for adoption and change yet. I think that the governance one is potentially next. Well, I think if you go talk about governance, there, there are also multiple layers that you need to agree on and that you need to start setting up like for example what are the the streams what are the things that we are gonna do on microsoft 365 yeah so you potentially you're back to your inspire and visiony kind of stuff yeah but this is more like making decisions like okay we're gonna use it for collaboration we're gonna use it for document ah, management yes. do we also want to build an intranet? Do we want to build uh, power pages, uh, supplier site? Do we want to um, start working with um, applications? Do we want to support local development? All right, slow down a minute. So yeah. uh, I, I agree with you. There are some decisions there, but is the first decision not to focus on the content because all the rest are dependent upon it? So you start even, to you start to scope that. out your project. You don't want to start talking about power pages and power apps, and you've not even thought sorted out your SharePoint requirements or whether you're going to do Teams first or SharePoint first. No, it's true. But probably what you want to do at some point is say, um, these are the things that we want to get out of M365 this year. And these would be then the first yes. things that we want to do to make it happen. Content is going to be first. Whichever way around you look at mm -hmm. this, content is going to be first. Uh, email is potentially the content that will move first. Yeah. Uh, because that's now, especially nowadays, is harnessing so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't basically put in MS Teams without having done your email first because of no. everything exactly. stored on the, no. on the server now. And it's also pretty easy to have everything migrated. Everybody knows 
how Outlook works um, or email works. Um, it's pretty easy to migrate everything in. Um, technical decisions are, it's not that long of a list. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite easy to do and it's got so much impact for the business. This does assume that you are already on Exchange email. No, you can come from a I know Google email or whatever. I know you can, but, but if it, in terms of making the decisions about how your email will work, it's easier if you're already on Exchange because your settings are there, oh, your sure, groups yeah. are there, your mm -hmm. distribution groups there and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And your migration tools are already built because Microsoft yeah. have built them for you. If you go into Google, there are some Microsoft, there are Microsoft tools to be able to migrate that, mm -hmm. but you don't have the functionality you have in Outlook. So now you have to find out, do you want to have these functionality or that functionality? Yeah. How do you want to do archiving? Okay. Yeah. So there's, there'll be some decisions around email. But that's a separate email, email workshop. Well, okay. I think what yeah. I'm beginning to think is whether the next e workshop is an email workshop. I'm beginning to wonder whether now we've done all the technical stuff because we believe email is the first to go. And I think you would have to have a really good reason for not doing email now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's such a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we're now doing email then uh, okay. and uh, so okay. an email workshop okay tell me yeah. why not no no absolutely <clears throat> yeah but I was just thinking maybe for governance we might want to I don't know lay some basic foundation from the business side like for example coming up with a plan how to gear up the service desk so that they are able and willing and no knowledgeable about questions that will come in the future like no how no, do I we want to you're wrong you're wrong we have forgot a workshop you need oh. a workshop around supporting the user and and putting that kind of stuff in and i think maybe we're back up to our adoption and change because putting in all of the training and everything else to suit this is going to get driven by that i, th I think there's there's a support workshop here. I've done them before, but I they're usually quite good because you're building on top of what you've got. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have that, you have no idea whether they can handle all of the extra tickets and all of the extra calls that's going to come in when you migrate 2,000 people across to Outlook or Exchange. Isn't that really a part of your adoption and change? That's what I've just Might said. Might be, you, Were you yeah. not listening? I don't know. I'm terrible. I sit there and talk all this great <laughs> stuff. No, no, no. I was writing <laughs> stuff down and I can't <laughs> write and, and listen at the same I time. I know. We are of the oh. high testosterone variety, which means that we can't multitask. And I do get that. Mm. No, but that's, I was just wondering the same thing, whether that with that adoption thing is worth yeah. having now in play. Anyway, so let's assume that we're doing an email workshop because we really yeah. need to migrate the email mm -hmm. across. Yeah. And you can't do much without that. It's true. Yeah. It it is a first step, but I'm just wondering, wouldn't there be a proper workshop before that to discuss strategy, to discuss timeline, timelines, discuss roadmaps, roadmap, yeah, yeah, something. I think like so. That. Yeah, I think at some point it feels it feels like there should be something before. There's that. like a transition workshop that doesn't really exist that that happens because people know that is needed there where you say okay so we know what we're building now mm -hmm. so you know let's just map it out and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and those decisions are kind of made without a formal workshop so things like we're going to go for yeah, email that's true. things yeah. like you know we know we're going to do this now and then we'll give ourselves three months to do that and we'll do this and you know you you roughly pan out what you're going to do in the following year um because you'll have partners involved and people have done it before. Yeah, yeah. So that email sense. comes first. So the email workshop is going to be in there somewhere. And whilst you're migrating your email, let's mm -hmm. do it this way. Whilst you're migrating your email, you're running a number of workshops either in succession. So those inspire workshops, mm -hmm. I think with the different management teams, they get started. So yeah, you're yeah. communicating where you're going with this, at those high levels. You're trying to identify your ambassadors. Yes. You're trying to identify your personas. Yeah. You're trying to identify uh, and bring on board the senior managers to the organization, to the project. Yeah. 
Um, you're trying to inspire. But really, aren't those things that we need to do before we start making any decisions around email? For example, I can believe that there are some specific personas that need to use email in a very specific way. Like, for example, uh, a recent project I had, they had to do um, special email communications with large uh, suppliers and their email addresses had to have some kind of cer a special certification or say a special certificate. So they're certificate. already done then. So yeah. it's, it's still a like-for-like like move. So yeah, true. Those, so there might be a technical conversation to be had, but it's not really a workshop. It's, okay. it's the yes. email team's delivery process, I think, and design. They know they need this functionality. Yeah, okay. So it's the really the, the, that's being included in the design without necessarily needing to be asked questions. There are some situations where you need to do that. So, for example, and now I'm jumping. I know I'm jumping. Yeah. But um, uh, if you're migrating voice from Skype for Business into MS Teams, mm -hmm. um, there are certain functionality that does not or did not exist in Skype for Business where you use 30 third-party tools for. So you will need to have that workshop to say, okay, so let's just do a download from our, I, I don't know, our call center software on Skype for Business mm -hmm. and find out whether that functionality is now available out of the box on MS Teams because it's not going to be a like-for-like -like migration. We have to make some decisions around the oh, design. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. with email, I think that you know those 17 people, they all need to be in one group to do X, Y, Z on their email. And, and so you're going to take that functionality and move it across. The True. problem will be if you don't have that functionality because these people put email in in 1927 and now they're moving to the cloud and you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think if you get it long way off, then some of the functionality has either been disregarded and yeah, something. appreciated. Yeah. So anyway, let's assume email is moving on. Okay. I honestly think your Inspire stuff is there then. I think your governance workshop goes along similar lines at the same time. Mm -hmm. You've identified some of your ambassadors. You've identified key business users. Yeah. So those key business users will now be part of that governance process and workshop. And I think you probably start to identify your change managers at this point. Yeah, change managers, um, as you said, uh, champions maybe as well. Ask around. Yep. And so What's you're now scoping what your adoption strategy is going to be. Yeah. You're now scoping what your change processes will be, mm -hmm. what your scope is. So your ad car scope. So. Yeah. You know, what how, What are we going to communicate? You know, mm -hmm. desire, what's in it for me? Because you've now got some idea of what you're doing. Yeah. You have a rough timeline. You have a rough outline. It will change, of course. Yes. Yeah. You Somewhere in here, you will have made the decision whether we're going to go with SharePoint first, Teams first, or both at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, of course, your governance will then need to really, really kick in because every one of those applications has got so many choices. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and then the question is also: Do you want to write a proper long governance document, or do you want to have a shorter Excel checklist, for example? Yeah, you always want to write a long governance document. Yeah, but the problem is that it doesn't always get uh, read. No, but it gets but referred to when you're working out your SharePoint something yeah. and you need to go and say, so what did we decide on this? And if you go to a SharePoint checklist, a box that says no is not going to really explain what and why that decision why. was made. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I think you need to be able to do that because you will want to adjust your governance. Yeah, Your governance will change. Oh, look, if we do that governance like we decided three months ago, then we will lose this functionality and mm -hmm. we don't want to lose this functionality. True. Yeah. So okay. you do the risk Makes assessment, sense. you decide, and then you go back and you update your long document because that's not going to get done by changing no to yes. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyway. In my mind, I would certainly push for that. All right. Okay. All right. We're approaching 50 minutes, sir. Then I would say it's a nice time to wrap this part up i think so i think yeah. that we've got a second podcast uh which is, is where we start digging down into the applications exactly yeah okay yeah um 
so yeah two things that we definitely wrote down one was support we already briefly talked about that migration i believe that there's a workshop to be done for all the streams that we want to migrate um but we can talk about that next time as well yeah i think so but i think what i'm really quite like here is this in the inspire section and the envisage section this roadmap idea yeah is quite crucial um, yes and, i think so and you're share and you're already cheating because you've already created your first sharepoint site without anybody else knowing so you know you've already made a decision on your default site and your home site because yeah. they for the start of the project are going to be your core communications yeah and absolutely. that's where your service yeah. descriptions get done and your roadmap is then envisaged for everybody mm -hmm. um because trust me uh, you can only do so much in a year <clears throat> yes there's also a brilliant quote here, but I after I fucked up the other one earlier, then, I'm then not please sure entertain if I want to... Go on, oh, please there, There's a quote saying... Um, yeah, people... you're right. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, they uh, overestimate what they can do in a day, but they underestimate what they can do in a year. That is true too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Anyway... Underestimate what they do in a day, underestimate... Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. I'll let you explain that to me later. Good. All right. So uh, we decided to take a look at all the workshops that okay. we would make Microsoft 365 work. And quite honestly, um, in our list of workshops, we've really only done the technical ones, the ones that are around architecture and design and security and all that kind of stuff. So we are going to leave this at the point where we have our tenants being hung together and designed. You can potentially log on to it now but you can't use any of it because it's not there. You can sign into your office application so you can start potentially upgrading your laptops to the latest versions of Office. And there's a few things here that we can do. That's, and I think that's where we yeah. should start um, at the on the next workshop. So we start talking about the workshops that drive the end user experience. Mm -hmm. Nice. Because that means we can now talk about Irish whiskey. Yep. <clears throat> yes yeah. we can so the story of this whiskey um is that um how do you get in touch with or how do you first if you can remember ever got into contact with bushmills and what was that like that's a really good question when did i first get into irish whiskey and bushmills um uh, uh, it was definitely the first whiskey that I seriously started to realize it was at. And of course, I have no memory because I'm old um, about where I was. Oh, I do remember. Wow. Rome. Okay. It was an Irish bar in Rome. I was, um, uh, I was the chief. I was the, I don't know what you call it. I was the chairman of the 3Com user group. Mm -hmm. uh, globally, when 3Com were a thing, they used to make modems, all right, oh. and stuff like that, and uh, big switches, huge data switches, uh, frame relay, big stuff like that, um, and um, oh, Palm Pilots. Okay, they they created the first you know mobile device, the Palm Pilot. Okay, so that was 3Com, and I was there. Uh, uh, their, their chairman of their user group internationally. Um, and uh, so I used to do a little bit of travel. And we run a conference in Rome. And uh, we went to an Irish bar uh, in Rome. Uh, and I since went to that same Irish bar again when I was mm -hmm. there this year, just to see what it was like. Um, and um, I discovered that there is whiskey that I like. Up until then, I'd kind of drank it with orange. When I was a 16, 17-year-old, yeah. I would drink it with cordial. You know the orange you mix with water? Yeah, oh, kind of, God. Oh, it's vile. It was, but it was the way I was drinking whiskey at the time. Okay. And then, so that was it. Because you liked the alcohol, but you didn't like the taste. I, well, actually, I quite like orange as a taste. So tinging it with whiskey, but hiding it enough so it didn't go, <sighs> you know. And, um, but that's it. There are so many whiskeys that have uh, an orange or a Jaffa taste. Yeah. yeah. When, I went oh, out, well. when I went out with the boys this weekend on this stag weekend, they were drinking vodka and orange and vodka and Coke. And I'm going, why? savages yeah well but you've got so much orange in there you've got a whole glass of orange juice you can't taste the co the the vodka you don't even know it's there um 
But yeah, so anyway. But so that's when I first start discovered that I could have this whiskey neat, that mm-hmm. it was smooth, that it was tasty and it had a depth to it. Um uh, I'm a, obviously I think I've I've moved on a lot now and understand a lot more about it. But there you go. So that was the first Bushman was uh, it was I couldn't put a year to it. I <laughs> oh, <laughs> was, boy. This is, oh yes, I know. So uh big conference. I three hundred people or four hundred people, I say big in those days that was yeah. a big conference. And we went to so for the corporate the conference dinner, um they took us out to a, a vineyard and then in the courtyard, uh, we that's where we had our starters. So they were cooking garlic bread live on the coals. They were uh-huh. cook, making pizza. Oh, nice. They were hand-rolling hand, hand rolling spaghetti as yeah. demonstrations and stuff like this. And so we had there, we had the food and, and all that kind of stuff. And on the way back on the coaches, the coaches got stuck in the traffic jam. So the coaches just stopped. As we look out the window, there's this old car park, all right, full of hookers. And they're they're around this huge bonfire, keeping warm because we're talking, you know, November time. And then there's cars everywhere, which is obviously the the uh-huh. locations. Mm-hmm. And then we, and of course there's this big corporate conference, all staring out. <laughs> <laughs> these, these ladies of the night, and it was just so much fun when their miniskirts watching them wipe their bottoms on the fire <laughs> to keep them warm. I never forget that. Just as it come to me is uh, part of the process. Yeah, I never realised that. Thank you for that. Never oh, thought nice. about where. I first realized Irish whiskey, but I can see the Irish bar now. So that's when I first got to it. Anyway, I'm going to let you pour because we're not oh, just yes. drinking yes. any any old Bushmills. No, we're, that would be silly. Yes. So I was, um, I actually can't remember where I was. When did I call you? Oh, I was at Commsverse and driving through the airport. And so that was a failure. Um, so I was driving through the airport uh, and went to the duty-free. You were driving through the airport. Yeah, okay, that didn't come through. I was watching you do the whiskey, not really thinking about what I was saying. So I was walking through the duty-free, looking at what they could, uh, uh, what I could buy, and I saw this Bushmills. Now, this Bushmills is actually uh, an 80-20 mix between a sherry cask uh, and Moreno will tell you which sherry cask, because I can never pronounce it. <clears throat> but it's, it's Pedro mis- Jimenez. That's it, Pedro Jimenez. Yeah, EPX. Um, and so it's basically um, a whiskey that is put into a sherry barrel, and then it's mixed at a ratio of 80-20. So 80% of this is Bushmills sherry finished uh, whiskey. Yep. And then uh, 20% of their normal one. And it makes a very interesting taste. Yeah, it does. The color I, I, is stunning, by yeah. the way. It is dark and... It's it's like a sherry whiskey needs it is, to yeah. be. Yeah, It's I not light at all. But I definitely love the, the nose. Yes. Because to me, I, to be honest, I had a um, the Irish gentleman yesterday... And it kind of fell flat a little really? bit. It was I no, no, it, it, not flat, but it was too touchy, fruity, feely for for that time. So yesterday, brilliant weather. We had Mother's Day yesterday. Um, I was celebrating it with my mother and my sister and stuff like that. I had a nice dinner. Oh, you mean Sunday? No, yesterday, Monday, was uh, Mother's Day. In, in Antwerp. Oh, in, yes, in you're Antwerp, in a strange Berlin. city, aren't you? Yes. I forgot about in, that. In Antwerp and Spain, it's Mother's Day. On, on the Mon- uh, on on Ascension 15th, Day, Monday. 15th, yes, exactly. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Um, and uh, so we had brilliant food uh, sitting outside, and I wanted to close with a whiskey. The only whiskey I've got at my mother's place is that bottle of uh, the Irish Gentleman. And... Yeah, it was too fruity. It was too. Yeah. It okay. didn't. Have needed, that it needed depth a fireside to oomph. drink it along. Y- yes. Bit of smokiness in the air. Yeah. I like this. But the nose this, is very good. Yeah. This is, this is brilliant. I, I kind of want to say there's a touch of burnt. Oops. I'll put the microphone in my mouth. I kind of want to say I can taste the orange peel or a, or a touch of smoked orange yeah, peel. Something like but that. I was just looking at the tasting notes. Big, bold aromas of rich fruitcake. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they talk about intense sherry sweetness. 
But I don't think it's overly sweet on the nose. It's not, no. Because the it, orange, both toasted orange tends not to be sweet. It's quite no. earthy. And it, it still retains that fruity, touchy-feely yeah. nature. And you are talking to a man who really did not like sherry whiskies for a long, long, long I time. I know. He's going in. Here he goes. And his eyebrows have come down and met at the top of his nose, which is always a sign that he's enjoying what he's drinking. At least that I'm thinking about what <laughs> I'm drinking. But I have to say, this is so super smooth. And it's got a, it's got a long finish. I wouldn't mind if it would be a touch more oily so that it would you it would give you like a richer mouthfeel possibly that would do wonders with this or See maybe like a cask strength one of this that would do wonders i think i i don't know uh i it is smooth it's irish irish yes. whiskey of course yeah. is distilled three yeah. times and all that kind of stuff that makes it smoother uh putting the barrel slightly longer I'm looking down the side of the glass. The tears are not obvious, but as you leave it, then it does build up. So maybe as you take your second and third taste, it might work, that might actually develop. But you're right about the finish. It really is quite long. Yep. It's not overly complex, but for a, you know, for a bottle of whiskey that's not expensive, mm-hmm. no age statement, it's, yep. um, it's, it, was, it was silly money going through the airport, 29 quid or something. Um, but anyway, so the the taste uh, on the notes is soft and silky mouthfeel with a distinctive toasted nut character, hints of allspice. Is that like the aftershave? No, the herb, uh, and uh, a rich <laughs> punch of um, a rich of ripe peaches. Yeah, I don't get the peaches, but uh, I can see where they're coming from. And that that oiliness does develop, and that's where you get the peaches from on the second or third taste. And it finishes off with that triple distilled spirit, of course, which is normal, mm-hmm. uh, and a long and lingering finish, which is absolutely correct. And a touch of spiciness that starts to evade after about twenty seconds. Yeah, nothing exactly. sparkful. Nothing. No, nothing too rough. Not no. at all. So there we go. Highly recommend if you want a good cheapish whiskey, Bushmills. So it's yeah. Irish. If you like your whiskey harsh and spicy, don't even go here. No, no, no. Right. But if you like Irish whiskey and you want to see what all the fuzz about sherry casks is all about. I think it's perfect for that. This this is the perfect marriage. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I Intricate marriage of smooth triple distilled spirit. Mm. Very, very cool indeed. Great finish. And it's a while since we've done an Irish one. Uh, I think so, yeah. I think it is, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So that is Bushmills eighty twenty PX Sherry Cask from Mister Pedro Jimenez. Yeah, sure. Close. Yeah, oh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Were yeah, you just yeah. accepting it? No, just no, no, good. no, no. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. oh, fine. It's only forty percent, so it's not cast strength. I wonder what it's like with a touch of water in it. Normally, this kills an Irish whiskey, but just a yeah. drop, just to see what mm. it does, whether it's. For science. Yeah, the nose we know is going to go, which it does. But the orange comes out then on the nose a bit more. That is interesting. Oh, really? But my advice is don't do it. Okay. Okay, okay. It it brings the touch of orange out, but it takes the edge off the finish and everything. So Mm. it's not one. And and I would have expected it to be It's not an edgy finish to start off with, so... Okay. Excellent. So, yeah, we talked more about whiskey than we normally do. So mm-hmm. that's very naughty that's of us. Okay. Naughty, naughty. You have great stories. So, so if any of you are still left, there you go. Uh, welcome to the end of the podcast. Uh, just to recap, um, we've done all of the technical workshops associated with uh, creating Microsoft 365. Um, you would have heard them earlier. Uh, I think it's a great story. I think we'll work out how to round this off. So next podcast, then, we are going to do end-user workshops, I guess. I Application so. workshops. Yeah. Yeah. How you define that functionality and those features and those deliverables in that first year of the project. 
before you start doing clever shit like you know workflows and, and all that kind of stuff and prioritize which one are you going to do first and the big question to leave everybody is do we go with SharePoint first or do we go with MS Teams first meh we've already done that a few we have anyway. we have funny enough talking about old stuff I know I'm sorry guys you just got two more minutes but um, I was working with the training team on my current project mm -hmm. and they and they, they're relatively young trainers and they said I have a question for you what's the question so team site does that actually mean SharePoint or does it mean MS Teams or Microsoft screwed up oh, oh. Microsoft screwed oh. up on this for many many oh. years so yeah I, I, the whole question of what do you call these sites yeah uh, and what do you call and maybe that's an answer we can give everybody next podcast. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, I think I'll, I'll be there. I, I have some, uh, some interesting theories and strategies for you on how okay. you can resolve this whole team site conversation. So, oh, oh, I'll be there. I want to know this. Excellent. Yeah. I'm glad you'll be there. Cool. Well, it's Steve Dolber here saying goodbye. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we are approaching 100. We have started on our new theme tune, which we're all very excited about. So you've got three more episodes before you listen to that. Yes. All I can say is, I was going to say, Arriba, Arriba, but that's not right, is it? No, <laughs> that's not right. So, yes, think um, so Cuba and uh, that yes. kind of stuff. We're having yes. fun with that as we get it together. Mm -hmm. So, hi, Steve Dolby saying goodbye. Have fun. Hope you're enjoying your summer holidays. And, uh, yeah. If you like Irish whiskey, go give it a try. Definitely. You going to say anything, Moraine? No. You don't want to say anything? No, it's all good. I'm all, all right. good. You don't want to say goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs> Ciao, guys. We are not millennials. We are matured. Steve may be more than Maren. Maturing the business like whiskey in a barrel. <laughs>